Hello, hello, and welcome to Millennial Notebook. My name is Stella. And my name is Emily. And here we talk about living life as a millennial in the modern age. Get comfy, grab your notebook, and let's enjoy the ride together. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm having a great day, and I hope you're having a great day. How's your day, Emily? Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, what did you do today? Oh, today. Um, well, it's a long weekend, so... Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't do too much today. We love a good long <laughs> We did the weekend. supermarket, <laughs> played lots of games. Nice. I play some more video games when I finish. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do you still stream, by the way? Um, no, actually. We haven't done streaming in ages. Um, Jonathan's got all the equipment, and he's uh, mm. working out of town, so... Right. Um, unfortunately, not possible at the moment, and my computer is not uh, capable of playing games and streaming games. <laughs> oh, so, so you used to use uh, his computer whenever you stream. Yeah. So he, when he built his computer, it was yeah, he built it like a beast. So he's upgraded it once, and oh, I think he's awesome. made like a good four or five thousand dollars on it. So, Oof. so it's a yeah <laughs> it, but it's Good. gonna be a powerful baby right for sure yes for a long time so i probably need to do the same thing but awesome. i like laptops so yeah my my friend also recently built her own computer and well she's an engineer and she a developer so she knows quite a thing or two about computers to begin with i would never attempt it <laughs> uh without prior knowledge but uh, she did it really well and her computer is so powerful that um, whenever we're playing online games like Final Fantasy fourteen, like she, uh, the next page would load within seconds whereas for me it would take at least a minute um, yep. on my laptop yeah. and it's so quiet like it's also part of the, the systems right where if it's a laptop it heats up really quickly so the yeah. fan will just like do its best to cool it down yeah. Um, whereas with her new computer, it's amazing because it's not struggling at all. So, yeah. Uh, technology. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it could get expensive though. But um, yeah. yeah, I guess it depends on what you're doing. It should be worth it, right? If you're doing a lot of games, I'm pretty sure it's a... Yeah, I think the first time yeah. ever where I felt this... Uh, like a little bit discontent about my laptop is when I was playing games with online games with it and it couldn't keep keep up yeah so yeah it definitely gets annoying I have issues with mine too and I um just have to be like it's okay (laughs) it's not meant for gaming actually funnily enough my computer is really strange it's it's like a top of the line um well maybe not yeah it was when I bought it the Mac um it's probably no it's it's a Dell oh um it's probably like mid to top tier now, but mm-hmm. um, it was never built for games. It's actually built for all of the Adobe products. Mm. So I think at one point I was running when it was, you know, at its prime, which laptops don't have a great battery life, but yeah, um, or life in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I had like Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere Pro, and Adobe After Effects all open at the same time, and it run it ran flawlessly, Oof. and um. I think once I give it a good clean up and get all the junk that's on it off it, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully it'll run like that again. But but when it came to games, it would just like it couldn't do it, which is crazy. Like even when it's like when it was brand new, it just couldn't run games. But it was perfectly fine at running on my Adobe products because that's what it's built for. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> which is just quite funny. But yeah, 
it makes sense though like even my mac so i've been using my mac uh mac products um yeah and i'm an apple baby uh quite embarrassed <laughs> to say so but i no. mean they've worked so well because uh i'm not that much of a techie unfortunately with hardware so um i've been using them for years like over 10 years now and they i think if if i'm not mistaken like they're built for the working professional right yeah uh rather yeah. than a gamer and so um i've never had any complaints and complaints about them until i started gaming on my yeah. computer and so yeah you should i mean it's hard to judge things when they're built for other things <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Macs are incredibly good machines in terms of like how long they last and yeah. like the quality of the product. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get into funny things where it's like if you want to upgrade them, it gets really tricky. Or if you need to get fixed, you have to go to a professional who's like Mac certified, all this sort of st- or Apple certified, all this stuff that's yeah. kind of um, uh, it takes away the consumer's ability to change and fix things, which I guess mm-hmm. a PC has always kind of been about build your own pc yeah. you know change things out make it better upgrade it um yeah but it's definitely yeah. built for a specific kind of person the pe- the the people who don't really tinker around with their tech i think oh yeah which i mean yeah, yeah i would say apple users are those kind of people that are like i just want it to function yeah <laughs> do yeah. as it says what it says on the box <laughs> yeah and not have to worry about it but yeah. um yeah it is what it is i mean i i work on all my work stuff's on mac but my personal stuff's on a PC. So. Interesting. Yeah, I've toyed around going to like, a new, um, especially when the new colorful Macs came out, the new mm-hmm. iMacs, but they only go up to 24-inch screen, and I want the 27-inch. Um, right. Um, I toyed about getting one of those for a while, and I was like, no, it's probably not worth it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I could ever leave PC behind. I think I'm a Windows user through and through. Um, mm. But like, I don't have an issue with Mac. Yeah. I used to. But that's only because I had a, a lecturer who was really like, um, I, I, wouldn't, I don't know what you would call it, but he was like a, a Mac elitist. And he's like, oh, no, I can't believe you use PC. Like, you have to use a Mac. And like, no, you don't. No. <laughs> the software runs just as well on a Windows uh, or a PC. So. Yeah. And you're and if you're a developer, like a lot of my developer friends swear by PCs, like would they would never like they'd be like yeah you're a mac user <laughs> when it comes to dev stuff um you i mean you can develop on a mac but like mm. yeah most people that i know just like using a pc is so much easier the software runs yeah. better things are just much more compatible um yeah but when you're starting to like do apps and things and you want it to work on a on a on the apple ecosystem that's where Max shine yeah yeah because <laughs> then it's built for the right thing <laughs> yeah uh, speaking yeah. of uh being built for certain things today's oh what topic, a segue <laughs> <laughs> today's topic is uh something that is close to my heart and i'm very excited to talk about it today so what are we talking about today emily um struggling and surviving mental illness yes Our favorite <laughs> yes so um, this is really dear and near to my heart just because I feel like a lot of people struggle with mental illness and are just hiding um, behind the closet because of uh, fears of being shamed for it or just not being understood. And uh, I've had, because I'm, as you can probably tell already from this podcast, I like to dive deep into um 
issues and how people how people feel and this has always been me um while growing up and uh, because of that i've gotten a lot of my friends to open up and it's surprising how people you wouldn't even think were struggling were actually the ones who were struggling the most and so mm. i think this deserves a little bit more airtime and uh emily and i being uh veterans in the experience <laughs> of uh being a little bit different being wired a little bit different um are probably one of the i mean not the best but at least we have something to share and we're very ex- uh, excited to share that today so yeah. before we dive in uh fun facts about uh mental health mental health and disorders so this is from hopkinsmedicine.org and uh, did you know emily that about one in four adults in america aged 18 and older are suffering from a diagnosable mental disorder in a given year it's such a big number if you think about it like obviously this this isn't a how many people in the states a couple hundred million um so let me see if there's a number there yeah around that much (laughs) yeah so a quarter uh well maybe not quite a quarter of the population but Mm -hmm. yeah that's um it's really it's huge it's a lot of people yeah yeah and um many people suffer for from one uh more than one mental disorder at a given given time yes if you know anything about um uh, well yeah if you, I don't know if you do know this actually. <laughs> I yes. should not. Um, I should not uh, assume. Um, but most disorders or mental health uh, illnesses or mental illnesses mm. tend to like to work in clusters. Mm. Or I don't know if you've ever heard of like cluster or um, I don't know. They kind of like siblings. But uh, um, yeah. I guess mental health in a little in a in a way is, is like a spectrum. So it's not necessarily like you fit in this box and you also fit in this box. It's like well, you have these things that also correlate with these things. Yeah. So, like, the the art of a diagnosis is kind of an art in itself. It's about knowing people and interpreting what someone says and go, okay, this is how you, um, you kind of fit in these categories, which relate to this. So it mm-hmm. could be this and it could be that. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a science and a bit of an art, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they like to they like to hang out together. So anxiety, depression, quite commonly hang yeah. out together. <laughs> yeah, I love how you say it, like hang out. That's really funny. Um, well, it's it's nice. I like to personify these sorts of things because yeah. it's like I like I like to think that you're not. Well, I, I, no one is their Ill- illness, and no mm. one is their is their disorder. A very fine if, point. If they are even you know if they are diagnosed, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just kind of think of them as little friends on your shoulder. Like, yeah. um, you know, Inside Out, the movie, the Disney movie? Yes, It's a yes. great way of, like, thinking about feelings and, yeah. and emotions and things like that. It's like yeah. this little um, personification that just sits on your shoulder, like the angel and the devil sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're like anxiety and depression. They're like friends that hang out together. <laughs> I love it. And it's actually part of... Um, what what we learn in therapy is to know that these do not define you. Yeah. Um, they are part of your experience, but they don't necessarily um, make who you are. You are not mm. your mental disorder. Um, yes. So yeah, I love it. So 
continuing on to the fun facts, we have uh, so most people who so this is going to be a little bit heavy. So trigger warning, um, just so we get that out there. Uh, if if these kinds of topics are triggering triggering to you, triggering to you, for example, um, like we'll be talking a little bit about suicide, and so um, if you think that you'll be triggered for these topics, uh, don't worry. Uh, you don't have to listen to this one. You can listen to our therapy conversation, which is a little bit lighter. It's more solution based, uh, and that is which one was it? It was episode nine. So have a listen. So yeah, the the next fun fact was uh, most people who commit suicide have a diagnosable mental disorder and most commonly a depressive disorder or a substance abuse disorder. So ultimately what that is spelling out is that it could have been prevented had uh, the person been helped or sought help at an earlier stage before things were too late and uh, this emphasizes why we wanted to talk about this today. It's a really heavy topic. Um, it's really hard to talk about. And um, we hope that being able to talk about it uh, about this topic today would help a lot of people who are still in the closet. So there are a bunch of um, fun facts over here, actually. Uh, if you are curious, I will leave them in the show, no- show notes. Um, but yeah. So with that... Um, we were thinking about how mental illness comes in all shapes and sizes, right, Emily? Like, it's not its not just one form. And even one form, for example, depression, shows itself in very different ways with diff- different people. What do you think about that, Emily? Yeah, I mean, not everyone's depression is the same. Um, same can be said about things like autism as well. Not everyone's autism is the same or shows mm. up the same. Same with yeah. ADHD. Same with anxiety. Um, you know, they have typical, you know, obviously if you, um, I'm a bit of a a psych nerd, so I know these sorts Mm. of things, but, um, scream out if you don't understand, but the DSM, the, uh, I don't actually know what it stands for. It's the thing that they use to diagnose people. Mm. Um, it usually has like a list of things like, um, you know, uh, I can't think off the top of my head, but usually it's a list of things that you kind of like, it's like the little check boxes kind of like presents this or this and this and that. Mm. Um, but even that, like I said before, it's a bit of an art to, to like, okay, well it presents in this person a little differently to this person, or perhaps this symptom is a little bit more severe than this symptom in this person because everyone is different and everyone deals with things differently and everyone has a different outlook on life and, um, how they were brought up and things. So, um, to some people, you know, if you said something negative about them or someone said something negative about you, like some people uh, would get really triggered by that and some people can kind of brush it off. And mm. But other things they can't deal with, like, you know, a friend trying to help them could be really triggering, but for others, a friend trying to help is exactly what they need. So mm. everyone's so different and yeah. um, in the way that they deal with things and stuff. So... Um, and for some people, you know, take depression, which is probably the one that people know the most about. Um, everyone's depression is different as well. Some people have, are able to be really high functioning. Yeah. They use maybe their work as a crutch. It keeps them from Mm. feeling their feelings. Um, for some people, depression is completely debilitating. It's as soon as it comes on and 
and it's yeah. and it's worse you can't even get out of bed and yeah. um it's you know it could be you know everyone's circumstances are different so um there are obviously things that link all of these disorders and illnesses together so um you know when you see the signs it's obviously really good to get help but you know that's not always going to be the same in every person and that doesn't mean that your experiences are any less or um valid than your friend so yeah yeah and sometimes some people even flip flop between for example a severe uh case of it to becoming um high functioning in Mm. the span of a few hours or a day so yeah you really can't uh box a particular experience in one category because uh, the experience can be very different per person Um, but on that note uh, since it could be very severe for some others and uh, very difficult to deal with for a lot who are um, dealing with mental disorders I was wondering like when do you think we need to seek help for uh, for whatever you're experiencing and i have a list but i was wondering what you thought about that emily before i went on with my list (laughs) okay um if it were me yeah um and i i'm someone who ebbs and throws flows between um functioning and not functioning (laughs) Mm, and it's same sometimes on a day-to-day basis sometimes it's on an hourly basis sometimes on it's a weekly basis excuse me um so it's kind of hard to say, but I would say the number one thing is if we're talking about depression, which is probably the thing that most people deal with the most. Yeah. Um, and it kind of leaks its way into every other illness <laughs> is this yeah. low mood, um, you know, functioning is, is, is depleted or like you're feeling less motivated, all these sorts of things. I think as soon as you stop enjoying the things that you enjoy the most the things that get you out of bed the things that make mm. you happy when you can when you stop enjoying those when you stop feeling like doing those things that's when yeah. you need to seek help because those things that we enjoy we do them for a reason because it keeps us happy it keeps us motivated um you know things like goals are really important when we mm. sort of lose track of all of those things and we're no longer working towards those things that kind of make the human experience worth living for then yeah. um that's when I would seek help. Um, you know, when it's hard to get out of bed every day, when you don't see good in the day, um, when you don't look forward to anything anymore, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, that's when you should seek help. And that's not to say that, you know, some people just don't have things to look forward to. And maybe it's like, okay, I need to set a goal to look forward to. Yeah. Um, but it's like when you set a goal and you just can't get yourself to, to make the steps to do that. When even that becomes quite hard, when mm. feeding yourself becomes hard, when sleeping becomes hard, all of those things. Yeah, that's when I would just talk to somebody. Yeah. That's my suggestion. <laughs> I think I would agree with that completely. I think yeah. those were some of the um, earlier triggers that I knew I had to start going to, excuse me, start going to therapy. And... Um, yeah, so I definitely agree with all of the things that Emily said. And uh, according to Mayo Clinic, there here are some of the others that uh, we think could be one of your uh, f- starting signals. Or I don't want to call them red flags, but just like a like a 
like a light or a signal for you to maybe consider start getting help would be hmm. okay here's my list are you ready <laughs> yes let's do it okay so when you have marked changes in personality eating or sleeping patterns as you've mentioned when uh it starts to deal uh change your life or affect your life in a certain way the next is an un- inability to cope with problems or daily activities uh, or when you feel disconnected or with uh, withdrawn from from your normal activities or things you used to enjoy as you've mentioned yeah. or an unusual or quote-unquote magical thinking and i think this uh this goes along with certain if I'm not mistaken, I had a friend who had bipolar disorder. And whenever she gets her highs, it's almost magical is what she described it. Because it's such a high, high. So, yeah. So that's one. Then another one would be excessive anxiety. Or pro- prolonged sa- sadness or depression or apathy. And... Uh, Next would be when you have thoughts or statements about suicide or harming others. Or or when you have substance misuse. Mm -hmm. Or extreme mood swings. Or excessive Mm -hmm. anger, hostility, or violent behavior. So all of these things are uh, small signals. Actually, some of them aren't very small, but (laughs) these are (laughs) signals. (laughs) Yeah. For you to perhaps, if you ha- if you're having any of these um, experiences, perhaps uh, you may consider seeking help. Yeah, and, seeking- and I would just add yeah. to that as well. Yes. Um, just because I can, of course. <laughs> um, like some of these things, like excessive anxiety, is something that you know can be quite normal for some people. But I guess it's, um, or even some of these things on the list can be, uh, quote unquote normal for you but it's kind of when Mm. things change when it's like i never used to be drinking so much i never used to have such extreme mood swings Mm. um or maybe you do for a period and then it goes away or um some people are just angry people so like being angry (laughs) is just normal but like if you're not an angry person then you suddenly become very angry Mm. or um, hostile or yeah um aggressive in ways then maybe that's a, a signal that something's not quite right. And these are yeah. things that you can see in other people as well. If you notice someone is usually really happy-go-lucky or is always talkative and then suddenly they're always just really quiet and they no longer ask questions, mm. things are just a little different or off. Like, you know, like, you know your friends and you know these things. So it's always yeah. good to, it's another person seeing these things in someone else. You know, you don't have to be like, what's wrong with you? You could just <laughs> be as simple as being like, hey, I've noticed this is different. And quite often um, people, well, I wouldn't say often, but sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you don't actually notice how you're changing or how mm. you've changed until someone points it out to you. And yeah. if you're not someone who's very mindful or perhaps you don't, um, we're not as uh, aware of yourself um you know i've become quite self-aware with myself yeah that makes sense <laughs> um yeah. so like i notice these things a lot in myself like oh yes there goes the little dark cloud that's coming back or um you know something i've noticed about myself is that once i ride a high so like um i'm not talking drugs but i'm talking like <laughs> like a life high like a i just did something really cool and exciting 
um, I always have this really down period where um, all of those emotions, all that stress, all that energy mm-hmm. um, builds up and then it's kind of like cathartic, right? Once it releases, it kind of like my whole body is drained. I'm emotionally drained. And that's kind of like my signal to be like, okay, <laughs> I need to chill out. But I didn't understand that for a really long time. I just, you know, I thought that was normal. And in yeah. fact, I didn't even think it was normal because I didn't notice it. Yeah. So it wasn't until I started to reflect on those things and I noticed those things. I go, okay, this is normal for me. Mm. And this is kind of expected. And um, I just need to do the right things to keep me going forward. Yeah. So it could be the same with someone else. Maybe they just don't realize that, I don't know, in winter, maybe they get a bit quieter. Maybe they're less bright and happy because they have a, a seasonal defective disorder. But they mm. may have not known that. <laughs> yeah. Until someone pointed it out. So, yeah. yeah. It's just things actually, like that. Actually, that's a very interesting thing that you mentioned about how it could be normal for you, but um, you'd be surprised how it's actually not. Uh, something that a lot of other people experience and it's one of the reasons why Mm. I was able to pinpoint that I actually had high functioning depression and I'll talk more about that later but I realized that not a lot of people have consistently down moods like that was my normal and I found out that everyone was just generally neutral most of the time and not (laughs) trying so hard to fight the dark cloud and that was such yeah. a revelation for me because I've been living with this for so long that I didn't realize it was not really the norm. Or I don't even yeah. want to say norm, right? But what uh, it's not typical. necessarily... Yes. And it's, it's not... not typical, yeah. Um, it's not what everyone experiences and perhaps I needed help with that. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. So the list, by the way, is from mayoclinic.org and I will link it in the show notes as well if you're curious to see uh, what else... Uh, you can find out about um, certain statistics and what's normal and what's not, what's typical rather. So, yeah. Um, Now, moving on to just seeking help, right? And being able to feel a bit more comfortable talking about your experiences. So, uh, as we've mentioned before, this is a really difficult topic to talk about because unfortunately, there's still a lot of shame in society when it comes to talking about mental health and illness because, you know, it's it's only been a couple of decades when when we say that someone has a mental disorder, you think of, you know, you know, sci- psychiatrists or psychologists were labeled as the shrinks at that time. Mm. And also... Uh, people who had these disorders were also sent to a psychiatric ward and it seemed as if yeah. we would be stuck there. And yeah, there have been locked movies. away in a cage. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been movies where that, yeah. Yeah, they strap you down. Yeah, electrocute you. Oh, yeah, so it's actually... They used to do. It hasn't even been a century since then. Mm. So it's really alarming. And I can see why there's still a lot of, a lot of stigma around the topic and you know how you and I are psych nerds and so it's such a normal thing for us to talk about but it's it it still continually surprises me how um you know my friends would often tell me they're very happy they're glad that they have a friend and some of their friends uh talk about it how they're kind of jealous that they don't have a friend like this to talk about these things because apparently it's still not the norm to talk about them you know, I was talking to my sister. So my sister was going through, um, it was, so 
let me just emphasize this that some people also uh, get mental disorders from specific situations life situations and depending on how long they last they could be chronic or just a period like a, a a periodic thing and so she was going through a very difficult uh mental so she was going i think she was depressed at that time she was undiagnosed uh mm. but she did not want to seek out help because um one she felt like she didn't want to I mean, this is very fair, right? She did, She doesn't want to air air out her dirty laundry in public, mm. uh, even to a therapist. And mm. she didn't feel comfortable talking about her problems with anyone else aside from family and friends, which is very fair. And mm. that's why we'll mention a little bit later that that's, that that's also an option, right? To just open up to your friends about it. Sometimes it could help if you're really, you're really uncomfortable talking to your therapist or finding a therapist. But... Mm. Yeah, but I would like to emphasize that sometimes these things are triggered by certain situations in life and, mm. um, you know, and that it's okay to mourn and grieve. Uh, I was reading a book about this, about how, um, I mean, medication is helpful for people with uh, chronic um mental disorders or illnesses and it's also a very personal thing right sometimes yeah. you need it sometimes you don't but hmm. uh one psychologist was emphasizing the importance of also treating the sources if possible mm. and we do that through therapy so that's why a lot of people uh get a mixture of both the getting meds and also getting therapy so that they are uh, treating the mental, the chemical imbalance as well as the uh, environmental problem that caused, perhaps yes. caused or perhaps is amplifying the situation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot of people think that a good balance of that is key to being able to recover, hopefully, or even just treat the symptoms so that it's not debilitating. But of course, it's yes. always... Yeah, it's it's always personal. Um, yes. I myself yeah. am not taking medication, but I'm going to uh, talk to my therapist as whenever necessary. Uh, yeah. Some friends uh, benefit a lot from um, medication and therapy. Mm. Uh, and it's actually improved their life a lot because my therapist was telling me about um, one of her clients who was suffering through chronic depression and only when she was finally uh, able to find the right balance of medication and therapy was she you know somehow and her client described it as as if she was breaking free from a shell that was wrapped around her for so long like mm. she was in such a haze yeah and then finally she can start living her life again Hmm. So it's really different per person. Hmm. And I thought. I mean, I've I've yeah. had that exact experience when they, um, when I first when I actually went to go see a doctor, and this is when it was really bad. Um, yeah. Up to that point, I kind of just sorted myself out, but it kind of got to the point where I couldn't fix it myself, mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of just destroying everything. This being depression <laughs> in general mm. and anxiety and all sorts. But um, I was so helping on not taking medication i was like i'm not taking drugs i don't want to take drugs for this i've mm. never taken drugs for this and 
they kind of put it to me like because um, it also they're pretty good here in New Zealand. You get free um, every year. You get free uh, mental health um, counselling services. It's only yeah. about six sessions, but it's still pretty good. And um, they said to me, try it, and hopefully it'll kind of get you out of the worst of it mm. so that you can start to talk about whatever it is. Because the state that I was in, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. So the drugs are just kind of a way of, of fixing that temporarily to kind of get me back up to a neutral state. Yeah. And kind of when I thought about it that way, I was like, eh. What's the harm? <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I tried it. And um, so I, I don't take drugs, but I don't take any sort of um, antidepressants now, but I have them in case I need them. But um, yeah. I just I just found that when I was on them, it wasn't, I didn't need to be on them permanently, mm. but it definitely was the sort of kick that I needed to, to get out of that really dark place. Because you do, you kind of, you kind of like fall into a well yeah. of sorts. And it's, it's not like a, oh, I've fallen off a ledge and into a well. It's kind of like, I've climbed down a well, mm. <laughs> unbeknownst to me, and now I've got to climb my way out again. And sometimes it's just the, it's a it's a pharmaceutical help to, to um, uh, I guess, initiate the process of, of getting out of that place. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a way of thinking about it, yeah. 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 And sometimes, like, uh, some people really do need help with balancing those uh, chemicals in their brain. So mm. I find it um, re- like people should see mental illness as uh, as seriously as one would see a broken arm or a leg, right? Yes. You would treat it. Yeah. So why do we struggle with treating um, something wrong when there's something wrong with our heads, right? Yeah. Um, in the most loving way I can state that <laughs> yeah. uh, and so like for example I one of so I like this is pretty far off from the family tree but like my <laughs> s- my sister's husband's niece <laughs> right <laughs> uh, no because it was such a like it was it exploded in our family conversations because we never really I mean I didn't come from a family or a culture that openly talked about mental disorders mm, um, yes. and so when uh, the fact that she had schizophrenia oh, wow. when it came out to light uh, the niece, niece so she was very young she was five at the time when it came to light everyone was terrified of her because mm. she was saying that she was seeing uh, dark forms in the night that were whispering to her that she should stab her grandmother. Um, wow. So clearly, uh, this is and clearly this is some this is an imbalance over here, right? And mm. we found out uh, that her father, who was no longer in the picture for several reasons. Uh, was also suffering for, from schizophrenia, but he concealed that fact before she right. was born. And so they had to seek treatment from her, but her mom didn't want her to get treatment in fear of getting judged. And so mm. she, you know, imagine having to live through that as a child and not being able to deal with that because you're seeing stuff. 
yeah. right without uh you being able to control it and so yeah it's quite it's quite scary yeah yeah, yeah. so but in any case so yeah seeking treatment should just be as normal as seeking treatment for a broken leg or whatever mm. is broken with you right mm. and so on that note how do we become comfortable with talking about our experiences so why don't you start mm. with that emily like what do you think uh can for for example there's someone here who is afraid of being judged and so they don't want to talk about it at all like what do you think is the first step that they should do to being to feeling a little bit more comfortable talking about these things well, I can give you the honest answer. <laughs> oh, no, I'm scared. Not a recommendation. <laughs> I'm scared. But I'll give you the honest answer. Um, it was when I was at uni, actually. Um, alcohol was a great lubricant or a social lubricant, should I say. And um, so when I was... In moderation, let me just like... In moderation, yes. Also, also only if you're legal, no drinking in when legal. you're below I was 18. legal at uni. Um, it's 18 here in New Zealand. I was legal. <laughs> Um, no, I think it was just kind of like, you'd be at a party and you'd had a few drinks and, you know, things were just, you know, having a good time with friends. And I think we just kind of all opened up about it eventually. And it was like, mm. oh, I've had those kind of experiences too. And, oh, I've had that experience too. And like, yeah, I understand how that feels. And like, it was just really candid conversations because I think we'd gotten, um, intoxicated to the point where we we're just like, ah, who cares? <laughs> so, I mean, in my experience, alcohol only makes you more honest so we weren't saying anything that was untrue or that we wouldn't mm. say when we were most comfortable. It was just kind of at a, you know, at a party, just having chats. Um, so, but I mean, I guess it kind of goes back to my main point, which is, is having good friends, having friends that are willing to talk about and open up about these things. Right. Um, even if it is over a few drinks, but, you know, after a while, it kind of just became the norm. Like if you were struggling with something, you just talk about it and mm. it didn't need to you didn't need to hide it anymore. And um, more and more I've found friends in, I don't know if this is intentional, but I've surrounded myself with people who also have, um, or are struggling with, um, you know, mental health issues and things of varying scales. But um, we just kind of like, we just don't hide it anymore. You know, we we had a a birthday party, I don't know, a few weeks back or was actually a few months ago, but um, we were just talking about, um, I think we were even joking about it because we just got to the point where we were so comfortable. It's like, oh, I'm also taking the antidepressant. Oh, I've been on the antidepressant. Oh, yes, I've been on that drug too. Oh, yes, no, I didn't really like that one. I changed to this one. And it just becomes such a normal thing that we just joked about. Well, not joked about it, but just candidly spoke about it because mm. it was an open secret that there was something, you know, not, I don't say it was something was wrong with all of us. <laughs> it was just more so that, you know, all of us were struggling with something and, um, you know, I, I kind of joke there's something wrong with all of us. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, everyone's got their struggles. Like, yeah. you don't need to hide it or you yeah. shouldn't have to hide it because, yeah, everyone's everyone's in the same boat. We're all yeah. living the human experience. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. on that note, like, I think finding good friends is definitely yeah. uh, key here. And yeah. um, so my therapist always emphasizes this to me because I grew up in... Uh, very difficult circumstances which uh, Mm. I suppose we so and our next episode is actually a deep dive into our growing up experiences but uh, (laughs) let me gloss over that for this episode but in any case um, my therapist assured me that it's okay to 
want to feel safe first before yeah. Yeah, um, opening up in any form or degree because if you grew up for example in a situation when you never felt safe or even mm. when you're in a culture where where you don't feel safe because yeah there are some countries that don't have a lot of uh good um cultural i mean cultural practices or are not just as open-minded yeah. yet um when it comes to mental health the yeah. the fear there Different is society yeah the ver- the fear is very real right because mm. um there are circumstances wherein you could be socially um excluded depending mm. on the group of people that uh, are there so uh, let me emphasize that that finding a space that you feel safe in before you open up is very important because uh, sometimes if you f- if you uh, opened up to the wrong group of people uh, some people may end up judging you and this has happened to some of my other friends so and I think you would know right like if you are afraid in a bad way right like if there are warning bells inside you telling you that you you shouldn't trust this person or that they wouldn't be as open to talk uh to talking about this particular topic then you don't have to talk about it actually to be uh full disclosure my family isn't aware that I am uh that I have high functioning depression um because mm. i i don't feel safe with them to talk about these things and oh, for well, t- yeah <laughs> yeah uh all of my friends are aware so it's like <laughs> what i'm in the same boat really <laughs> yeah oh no, yeah because um, you your brother had this thing where your family didn't really see it as a good thing and so you didn't want to be chunked yeah, into the same category much. is that right yeah pretty much i have quite a, a um um i'm scarred probably mm. <laughs> scarred from what i saw to the pe- to the point where i'm like nah i'd rather keep it to myself i'll figure it out <laughs> yeah um yeah. that's it I've, I've talked about it with some of my siblings um mm. it's just my parents are just just a different generation like yeah some things are just really hard to try to get through their head so like even with my adhd stuff like i just don't even i haven't even mentioned it because I think to try and understand that, like, I understand, um, that kind of thing of like, if you're a parent and like, I don't want to say there's something wrong with your child, but if there's, there's something there that, um, you're worried that it reflects poorly on you, you know, if you're, you know, it's, I can understand why parents probably don't want to hear it or why it's upsetting for them to hear those sorts of things because, I think they blame themselves being like, oh, did I not raise you correctly? Did I do something wrong? Mm. When sometimes it's nothing to do with parenting or yeah. um, it's just, it's genetic makeup or it's, yeah. it's, uh, it could have been school. It could have been bullying. It could have been so many things outside of the parents' control. I True. mean, you already see them for four or five hours a day once you start school. So, um, you know, it, you know. I wouldn't blame, <laughs> you know, parents, parents shouldn't blame themselves, but I understand why you'd feel that way if, if it's something's, um, you know, if your child got into an accident and you could have prevented it, you know, yeah. you're going to feel, you're going to feel like you're the one to blame, but it's just, yeah, sometimes it's just life, life experiences, things happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So yeah, you uh, find a space that you feel comfortable in. So just, yeah. uh, I hope you, I hope everyone listening here has a good set of friends. Yes. Um, even if you don't, some people actually find um, some solace in in the in the wall, the privacy wall that we have with the internet. So a lot of people, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, go to forums to open up about it. Like Reddit is yeah. a good space. Uh, there are yeah. some subreddits there when you can open up about your mental illnesses. So mm-hmm. whatever you feel like, whatever space you feel like you can talk about it, I think it would be. Um, a good way for you to just like slowly come out of the mental illness closet Um, and of course the next one would be finding a good therapist I think is vital to to, uh, being able to slowly talk about these things because uh, just because your first therapy experience or first therapist isn't a good one, wasn't a good one doesn't mean that the next one wouldn't be uh, better because yeah. sometimes you really just need to it's like dating you know you have to yeah. uh, find a good chemistry between you and your therapist and sometimes it's not there for different people um, I myself am um, uncomfortable speaking about topics with uh, males just because mm. I mean uh, I haven't processed that but I in any case I feel more comfortable <laughs> with women. Yes. yes. <laughs> and yeah. so I made it a point to just find female therapists. My first yep. therapist, uh, she was good, but then I realized she couldn't really empathize with a lot of the cultural things that uh, mm. I was experiencing. So my first therapist was actually, and I loved her, um, she was from BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp mm. was one of the great resources that was easiest, uh, the most easy to access for me. Uh, was safe enough to 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 trust at least that they had uh, good therapists on there, and um, yeah, f- unfortunately it's American based, so it's uh, a lot of the therapists there are American, and so uh, there are some cultural aspects of Asian society that that I think she wasn't able to empathize with, which put a stop yeah. to our. Um, therapy journey and so i had to find another one and which is okay i mean yeah therapists are human right (laughs) of course of course and they they probably draw a lot of their um their uh practice from their own personal experience yes so because they it it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and i'm sure some of them try their best to empathize right like a good therapist is able to empathize if not sympathize with you and so yeah yeah, i mean i think that's why it's a journey right finding a good fit for yourself um so yeah like uh finding a good therapist and sometimes you know you'd you'd probably end up meeting uh, a therapist that not so good because i have heard stories where my friends had Mm. therapists where they were kind of a little bit judgy so just don't give up uh like i said again it's like dating (laughs) so sometimes (laughs) you have to go through a bunch before you find uh the best (laughs) dating yep yeah that's pretty good (laughs) yeah Okay, so my next question, Emily, maybe you can shed yes. some lights on this one, is how can we help someone who's going through something and how do we see the signs? Um, that is a great question. Um, mm. Like I said before, I think it's just sort of seeing the changes in someone. Mm. Um, talking is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, someone 
may not want to um, open up about exactly how they're feeling, but it could just be, you know, what's going on at the moment, what's going on in your life, you know. It could be things are happening in their life that make a lot of sense, why they're perhaps feeling a bit down or why they're anxious a lot more recently. Mm. Um, so just talking to them, you know, just, um, yeah, talk to them, see what's going on in their life, you know, become a mini therapist yourself. Just, you know, yeah, you yeah. Feel, you know, like, you know, do you feel, does that make you feel pretty shit? Because that would make me feel pretty shit. I don't know. Things mm. like that. Like just maybe not prying, but just trying to understand how someone might be feeling and why they might be acting a certain way. And then, you know, like any good friend, just perhaps, you know, do you want to get more coffee or do you want to um, go and do an activity? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go do something um, that might get you out of the place that you're in, you know? Um, change of scenery is really good for someone who's not feeling great mm. um, or is not in a great headspace. Physical activity is probably one of the best things you can do for your mental health. Yeah. Um, it has taken me a long time to realize that there is a lot of research into that and it's, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal what some endorphins and some, some good heart racing is, is for yeah. your, for your brain. Yeah. Um, it's the reason that, you know, I do my figure skating and things. It's Aww. not, it's not just for physical activity. It's a, it's a good mental escape. Mm. Um, and like, it doesn't have to be figure skating. It could be, um, you know, kickboxing, trying out some kickboxing. It could be going for a walk. It could be, Going to the beach could be doing something new. It could be, you know, so many things. But just yeah. get outside. Yeah, just get out of your house. Like, it made yeah. so much sense to me that I was, like, the past year has been one of my most depressed ones. I mean, it came with yeah. a pandemic, right? We couldn't really go yeah. out. Yeah. But, yeah, like, even just getting some sunlight, walking, yeah. fresh air can do and wonders just for you. taking the, some time for yourself, too. Like, it's really important sometimes when you're not, when you know, life can get really busy and crazy yeah. and hectic. Sometimes it's just sort of having a coffee and enjoying some sunshine and yeah. trying to just not think about anything, yeah. which sometimes is really difficult. Even <laughs> now yeah. I think about it, but you know, just smell the flowers and just the simple things, appreciating the simple things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and sometimes like, uh, so you get, Aside from the changes, right? Sometimes when you uh, when you have a friend or a loved one going through a chronic mental uh, disorder, um, you won't necessarily see much change because it's been something that they've been going through for a long sure. for a long time. Yeah. And so, usually, what I do with um, these loved ones is that I would check in once in a while, like, "How are you doing?" And depending on their answer, um, I give. Uh, like I offer, I ask and offer what they would want uh, as a forum for me to support them. For example, uh, mm. I have three options usually. Like, do you want to hang out? Do you not want to <laughs> hang out? Do you want some, <laughs> like, so, yeah. So you ask them, what do you want to do? Do you want to hang out? Do you want some alone time? Do you want to talk about it? And depending on their answer, like I restructure whatever um the plan i had to help them out right sometimes yeah. they just want to be alone and so yeah. you know um i respect that um and then if they want to hang out right like sometimes people just need someone to talk to or if not yeah. that sometimes they just want you know they enjoy the space being in the space of someone that they yeah. they like and not actually talk right so that's also very yes. comforting yeah i i'm definitely in the camp of i think this is what me and my best friend from high school is what we used to do all the time 
is we spent a lot of time with each other, but we never talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> like, we talked, but we didn't, like, like, we don't, I mean, even with Jonathan, I think we did the same thing. Like, we don't spend a lot of time talking. We're just in each other's company. And sometimes when we're doing work, sometimes we just like to be in the same room because it's nice to have someone there. But, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily want to spill out your feelings all the time, which I understand completely. So sometimes you just want company. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just... I guess this 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 is also for the people who are experiencing it themselves and also who are seeing the signs for other people. But when mm. it gets really heavy, uh, when you... Because sometimes it's really hard to see the light when you're so deep in the well, as you've mentioned. Mm. Um, if you feel like your friend or yourself, right? If you're in a very deep, dark well that you can't pull yourself out of it, please seek help. And please help yes. them because even if yeah. they sometimes, uh, and this is coming from experience, uh, be like finding when they're really at that edge and are looking mm. for a way out, uh, please keep an eye on them consistently mm. because uh, oftentimes uh, people who are looking to do suicide will look for those moments where they're alone. Uh, to be able to act on them. And so mm. when you have a friend or a loved one who is very um, who is uh, very close to that precipice and you, you would see the signs there. Mm. Sometimes uh, some of the signs would be they're preparing for uh, the eventuality of them passing away. I mean, of mm. course, it could be sudden, but there are people who plan meticulously for these things. So make sure you keep an mm. eye out out uh, sometimes it would come out uh, come out in a conversation where where they mm. would joke about it or even actually mention it um it's best not to take it lightly take it very seriously and keep an eye on them so that they don't do it um because sometimes when you're there they they might actually do it um yeah and this is in memory of a really good friend of mine um so yeah uh I'll write her name in the show notes as well, just because, uh, yeah, I I I feel very strongly about this topic because I lost a very good friend of mine because we. Uh, I mean, we can't really blame ourselves, right? I'm pretty sure there were a lot of things that were going around there, but please keep an eye on them once you see the signs, and even for yourself, yeah. please seek out help. Uh, I will li- link some uh, resources for you for whenever you feel like you're in a dark space in the show notes as well so yeah uh okay so last one i wanted to talk i wanted us to be able to talk about our stories as well but i feel like that's another episode in and of itself i mean we kind of have touched on it but i guess we could i mean we could talk more in detail next time um yeah yeah okay okay so i guess to as a good way to close this like how should we how can we cope and overcome perhaps if we could overcome them like what oh wow okay so maybe we can (laughs) touch about that touch on your experiences there as you talk about this like what did you go what are you going through and how did you cope or are coping with them oh coping um i guess the thing that has i mean when it comes to mental illness and stuff i mean 
it's it's a science in a way, right? There's been a lot of studies, a lot of research, psychology, neuroscience, all these sorts of things. There's a lot of studies out there that kind of, um, you know, uh, try to find out as much as we can. I mean, the brain is a magical thing, so there's lots of studies. But um, for me, it's it's learning about it, really. So I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I try and find out as much as possible. I try to, I try to take my experiences and um, separate from my personality and and who I am away from my illnesses and things that I struggle with Mm. so for me like learning about depression or learning about um anxiety as a thing (laughs) that's kind of like latched onto me as opposed to a thing that I am (laughs) has been really interesting that's the thing that's kind of um it's made me reframe a lot of my experiences like oh okay when I feel like this this is what is scientifically happening in my brain and I think Mm. that for me is just a coping thing to be like yes I know I'm feeling this way this is why I feel this way Mm. and I think just being um, mindfulness is really important as well so just like being mindful of those things understanding it from um you know a scientific perspective and then going okay well what works in these situations and just trying things yeah um you know it can be really hard when you're in a really dark space to try things (laughs) it's Mm. kind of the hardest thing but there are things that you know make you happy Mm. you know it could be for me it's sometimes just eating chocolate and ice cream and watching like really sappy teen movies like (laughs) that's how I get through it and then once I feel a little bit better you know, I'll go and indulge in those things that make me happy. And, um, you know, sometimes it's enough just to get me to even talk about how I'm feeling with someone and um, and then kind of moving on from there. So it's, it's, it is a experience that I think I will have to learn over and over and over again until I, until I pass in the many, many years in the future. But, you know, it's, that's, that's the human experience. <laughs> yeah. Right. What about you? How do you, how do you cope or... How you how you found, you know, coping and overcoming things? Yeah, I think um, it's the same with you. Just finding small pieces of joy wherever I can, so that I could feel like life is a little bit more worth living. For example, like yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, this touches on women women and body issues, right? Which is mm. a topic that we mentioned. Uh, which episode was that episode three but uh just you know letting myself eat whatever i felt like eating like getting that Mm. uh, ice cream or chocolate yeah uh just because you know life is short um so let yourself enjoy these things and uh uh, i found through therapy there were two techniques specifically that were very very helpful for me with coping with my high functioning depression is one to just um let yourself rest as a form of Mm self-love and so i tend i'm a like i'm a recovering people pleaser but like whenever i'm not feeling well i will say it even if i have to cancel on particular plans um and so all of these things right or just like if i if I'm really exhausted that day, I'm not going to push myself to go to the gym if yeah. I'm really tired, right? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. even though it should help with your mood, sometimes you're just really, you know, I'll just let myself myself lay in bed um, hmm. just so I can yeah. get, get through it, right? 
yeah. I also talk to my friends and my therapist a lot. Uh, so those have been really helpful because sometimes the problems that I'm dealing with, I never realize that I'm catastrophizing them, right? They seem bigger mm. in my head than they actually yeah. are in real life. And that's kind yeah. of making the situation in my head much worse. Um, and then the next one that my therapist and uh, a lot of the books that I'm reading are emphasizing is that uh, certain negative thought patterns are links in your head that are strengthened over time. Mm. Uh, and so you can do the same with po positive uh, thought patterns. So you can weaken the negative thought patterns and um, counter them with positive thought patterns. Um, and I'm going to link the book that I'm reading on that. It's really helpful in changing, shifting thought patterns so that you uh, don't keep doing the same thing but in therapy basically it's just about interrupting the thought pattern so that it's not um it's not further strengthened so for example mm. if you are panicking at this moment breathe stop you so this is why breathing is so important with anxiety treating anxiety and getting over the symptoms of them it's because it it it, it stops you from that um like that deep well that you're digging yourself into, right? Yeah. And once you yeah. stop it, it's gonna um, kind of ease away at the thought that is that is being strengthened. So just I breathe. Hmm. Easier said than done, for sure. But yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it takes practice. Yeah, you interrupt All the thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, you interrupt the thoughts. So for example, when I'm panicking, I always say, "Nope, nope, nope. It's gonna be fine. I'm good." And then I try to distract myself with something else. And then, of course, the thought's going to come again, right? And then I, yeah. I, I'm i going to interrupt it. Nope, I am fine. I am I am in this space. I am okay. I'm not being chased by a wolf. I'm fine. I'm safe. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's something my therapist kept telling me because I'm always afraid of my safety for some reason. <laughs> hmm. yeah, I always interrupt that thought with I am safe. Um, hmm. so yeah that's how I cope um, I'd love to talk about our stories actually I was thinking like maybe we could talk about them in the next episode as part two uh, what do you think about that Emily? oh I mean always yeah I love talking about myself <laughs> <laughs> Why? okay so let's bump the growing up experiences and then we'll just talk about our experiences in the next episode so that uh, it's a good flow so look sounds good yeah so look forward to that everyone if you want to listen <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I feel like it'd be interesting um, for our listens listeners to know what it feels like to uh, have the conditions that we have. So if you're interested, mm. please stay tuned for the next episode yeah. next Monday. So thank you so much for tuning in and uh, let us know if uh, you have any questions. We'd be very happy to answer them if we could be of any help at all. So thank you Sounds so much. I'll, we'll see you Bye. again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.